Ye have heard it said, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you, that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The mission of our church is to invite others to experience fullness of life in the kingdom of God. This is a goal that cannot be accomplished in an isolated moment or in a single sacramental act, but rather over a lifetime of moments with God and a lifetime of sacramental acts. Too often the church's mission is focused narrowly only on the forgiveness of sins and assurance of heaven. Those realities are true and good, and we cannot move forward without those realities, but they are only part of the mission. Jesus did not say, I have come that they might have a get out of jail for free card, like in the game, but rather, I have come that they might have life and have life to the fullest. The evangelistic imperative in the Great Commission is that we make disciples of all nations, not simply momentary conversions. This means that our mission is centered around conversion of the heart, which leads to a lifetime of repentance and thanksgiving towards God. Only when we align our hearts to the will of God can we be salt and light to the world around us. The common word for this pursuit of God is called discipleship. When Jesus calls us to follow him, he is asking us to be disciples. Today's gospel from Matthew chapter 5 highlights just a portion from the Sermon on the Mount, which is Jesus' exposition of what ethics in the kingdom of God looks like, or in other words, what it means to be a disciple. Have you wondered why Jesus went up on a mount to expand on the law? Of course, it's easier to be heard from a higher elevation, like at this pulpit, but we need to remember that before Jesus, Moses went up on a mountain and brought down God's law, Mount Sinai. The law was given to teach Israel how to live life to the fullest. And this is what Jesus is doing in today's gospel. It is a popular misconception to think that God gave us a law so that we can be miserable. Just a bunch of do's and don'ts, right? I began to better understand that God's law comes from a loving nature when I had my own children. Well, when my wife gave us children, I should say. <laughs> we give our children boundaries and laws to keep them from hurting themselves so they can live happy and fruitful lives. This is what God has intended for us. If you pay any attention to cable news today and talk radio, you may think that anger is a virtue one gets paid to embody. We live in a culture where social commentators have become evangelists of anger, 
who spread the message of anger to all their followers. Surely there are injustices in the world, and we should be angry about them. But too much engagement with this entertainment anger mitigates against pursuing a life in the kingdom of God. Discipleship in Jesus' day, as it is often understood now, was obsessed with keeping the rules. This is why Jesus begins with, You have heard it said, Do not murder, a clear rule. But I say unto you, Whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. Jesus knows that their religious devotion had been focused on strict observance of the law. And most likely his audience was not engaged in rampant murder. So what was the problem? What was Jesus getting at? Jesus wants to go deeper and take them to the root of God's law. We can never commit murder, but harbor anger in our hearts towards our family, towards our neighbor, and towards others in the church. Jesus says if we do that, we are guilty of murder in our hearts. Not committing the physical act of murder does not make you a righteous person, just as merely avoiding donuts does not make you the model of health. For growth in the kingdom, we must take action steps in the right direction, not just avoid the obvious pitfalls. Anger in the New Testament is also called wrath, which is one of the works of the flesh outlined in Galatians 5. We fight the lust of the flesh with the fruit of the Spirit, and we specifically fight the deadly sin of wrath with the virtue and gift of patience. Adopting a lifestyle of patience seems impossible, especially when we have anger embedded in our roots. Jesus said that the world will know us by our fruit, but if we are watering an anger tree inside our hearts, how do we expect to produce fruits of patience? Just as when we water an apple tree, we do not expect to get avocados. Oh, that would be nice. How do we become people that God is calling us to be? We start with prayer. We start with an open heart towards the grace of God. We can start by asking God to change us. Not just on the surface, but to change us at our roots, at our core. It is counterintuitive that to attain union with God, we must begin to realize our inability to do this on our own. We need supernatural grace to weed out the roots of bitterness that are in our hearts. What the Gospel calls a life in the Kingdom of God, St. Paul in his epistles calls life in Christ. This morning, the demands of the Gospel are fulfilled by the realities of the epistle. The Gospel tells us that we are to obey the law of God, not just in an outward and surface way, but at the level of the heart, at the level of our intentions. We can only become people with changed hearts when we realize our identity, as outlined in the epistle, as those who have been baptized into Christ's death 
and raised to new life in his resurrection. As St. Paul says elsewhere, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The reality of Christ living in us is too easily forgotten, and we need to be reminded of it. This is why as disciples, we pursue a lifetime of prayer, not just reminiscing back to a particular decision or to a particular sacramental act. This is why we come back to the altar each week with open hearts and open hands. We are learning to be like Christ in all our actions and intentions, but we have not arrived yet. By grace, we pray that God would pour forth his love into our hearts, that we may show forth the light of Christ to those who are trapped in darkness. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen.